Okay, Rune. So, what do you? Um, where are you right now? I'm upstairs in my house. Okay. So, okay. First of all, I guess we just this can be the podcast right now, and now we can start going. But thank you for being my first guest. Um, and I'm sure I'll have you on again in the future at some point because. I mean, I know we can probably cover your entire life in about half an hour. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's because I'm so, so interesting and not because you're going to run out of friends quickly. Okay. Are you my friend? Is that what you're saying? Sorry. People willing to pick up when you call. <laughs> so um, I really hope this is recording because it's going to suck if uh, it's not, but that's a conference call. Okay. Again, boundless confidence. Boundless confidence in this podcast and in you in general. <laughs> it's it's going to be change the world. It's going to be like quite revolutionary. It's a humble beginnings. Mm. So um. So yeah, thank you for being my first guest, and I I don't know where to start, and I didn't start, you know. Traditionally. Well, how about how about how about what? Why don't we start with why you think the world needs another podcast and what you have to offer? It's not like so much what I need to offer anyone else. It's, it's uh, well, it's not like I need to think the world needs another podcast. One, on a personal level, I just enjoy listening to podcasts like Terry Gross and Mark Marin. So I just mm-hmm. like hearing two people talk to each other a lot. And then I was like, this is something that I personally think I'll really enjoy doing. And um, so on one level, it's just simple fact that I like to do it. And then another level, I think like, uh, so right now the idea is to interview like people like you, my friends and like family members, then mm-hmm. also open to interviewing like acquaintances, people I don't know as well. And uh, the reason I'm doing it this way is because, you know, I think, like, for example, I was taking me and you, uh, we go back our entire lives, basically, and uh, I think a large part of our current friendship is based on, you know, having spent so much time together in the past, but, in, and uh, we do maintain contact well with one another, and we have done so, and I think that's not a lot of people are able to do in life, so I think we're good on that level, but at the same time, you know, we go through our lives, we and uh, we see each other once in a while, but we don't necessarily know what's going on in each other's lives, even when we do see each other. So, mm-hmm. in one level, the podcast is a way to like fill in those gaps, and um, and also, you know, even though I grew grew up with you, doesn't necessarily mean at the time when I was with you, like I necessarily knew what your experience was like. So. In a way, it's a a way to get to know to go get to know people, uh, understand like your experience, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Just uh, get to know people better, and then also right I think like this. Then then you know this conversation can be made available to our friends and family and people who. I mean, I have no aspirations of a wide audience, but at least an audience where like it's like I like to listen to see my friends talk or, you know, listen to, uh, so hopefully that will be like the appeal to like 
people who know us or know other people that I will talk to in the future. So I think I spend a lot of time talking. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I guess we'll just start, like, you know, what are you doing right now, like, in your life? And, um, you know, how's it going? What is, like, your day-to-day, like, life like? Day-to-day life is working a ton. Um, Did I tell you? So I gave my uh, I gave my notice at my job that I'm leaving. Did I tell you? Yeah, you told me last week. Uh, and then did I tell you that? The, or? Yeah, yeah, six months. Did I tell you that the job that I thought I had fell through, so I don't have a job, even though I gave notice? You told me like yeah, you told me that one job fell through, but then there's another job that um, that you're gonna take, right? Is that right? No, well, so I I talked to uh, I talked to another group and uh, it's uh, it's a maybe, so I'm gonna try and see him. Go out and talk to him in like March. Um, they want me to come on as like a fellow and then become associate director, and I feel like I'm. Uh, done with being a fellow or a trainee at this point in my life. So, I don't know. So, what does that mean, like, being a fellow? So, for them, it's like a, a two-year fellowship where you have some protected time, but then, like, if I came on as director, it would be the same amount. So, it would be, like, a quarter of your time is spent doing admin stuff, and 75% is clinical. Being a fellow just pays you less. So a fellow, is that like a traditional medical fellow or is this... No, no, no. It's like an administrative fellow. So you go to like a bunch of national conferences, but then you also go to internal admin type stuff. Uh Uh-huh. So that's like you do that, you'd be working like ER and doing this on top of that? Yeah, yeah. But my, the amount that I had to work in the ER is less than like a normal full-time person. But I also get paid less, so I, I don't. I'm not sure what the hell we're doing with our lives. Well, for so for sure you're going to be leaving Hopkins in six months, right? I I would say for like for fairly certain, yeah. So you're going to leave for sure, and now you want to go somewhere in Texas, right? Austin, ideally, yeah. around there, uh-huh. and. Uh, are you open to moving anywhere else as a result of what's going on? Like, it's a better job situation opening up? <laughs> One would think, but I don't really want to. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I figure something should open up, right? Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, I that's the nice thing about what I do. It's like, people always need ER doctors. So, it's just a matter of doing something where it's actually starting a career as opposed to just going and working, which what I would be fine with, that's... but Catherine definitely thinks it's silly to leave a career here at Hopkins to just kind of do nothing, <laughs> like jump in the ether. 
um, and not really have a plan. What do you mean by career? Like versus like 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 a like a place you're gonna like you know stay at, get benefits, all that kind of stuff. So that's not necessarily like an academic place. It just could be anywhere. No, 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 no. This other job I was gonna take was like, I mean they they said eventually they they saw me as coming on and being like a director or something, but I was just gonna work. So what are you looking for, like, uh, work-wise, life-wise? <laughs> you know, I was, like, taking major for a walk. It was really funny. I was, like, thinking about this. Sorry. I'm just so excited about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about this, this adventure. <laughs> um, it's funny. I was, like, thinking about, like, what drives me crazy at this job and, like, what I want for my life and... I feel like I'm 38 now and I know as much about myself as I did when I was 16. So who the hell knows? I mean, I know yourself as you like to know yourself. No, I mean, like, I know, I know what I like. That's actually far, fairly concrete these days, but as far as feeling like in, a situated person that has like a obvious trajectory. I thought that would steal itself a little bit more and it definitely hasn't. So, you know, part of me is like, Oh, I, you know, so I hate some, some of the days I hate what I do because it's in my opinion, there's lots of systemic problems, right? And I'm like, ah, if I could just like run the thing, it'd make me happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I just need to be in charge because that's just the type of person I am. But then part of me is like, well, no, like, why do you want unnecessary responsibility? It's like, I am, I take so much pleasure in so many other interests, right? So it's like, it's not that I have to dedicate all of my time to this one narrow pursuit of emergency medicine. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, you know, like when I watch woodworking videos for fun, it'd be freaking awesome to work a lot less and have a shop, you know? Yeah. Or do any of the hundreds of art projects that, you know, are doodled somewhere in a book that I've never actually done. No. Yeah, there's like a lot of art stuff that I want to do and also like get good at guitar and music that, um, I do, like, do it on a pretty regular basis, but definitely I think, like, it'd be nice to work less and have more time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God, that tone generator game. I I was worse than 50-50. I have, I cannot, I cannot tell pitch in a vacuum. I can tell relative pitch. I have no fucking clue when it's on its own. Can you? So, so I gave a rune this uh, app for this game called Tone. Basically, it'll pay, play you a tone you have to guess if it's like C, D, E, F, or G. And uh, no, I can't. I'm pretty horrible at pitch also. Like, I cannot tell. But I think that I've gotten better just in playing it one day. 
you know, I think it's something you can train yourself at. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, like, just because, you know, when you're playing the game, you really have to focus in on, like, one note or, like, you know, you're really trying to figure out if it's, like, a C or if it's an F. And maybe I'll never get better. But just the fact that, like, I pay attention to it. Like, now when I, I play my guitar afterwards, uh, practicing, like, you know, my guitar teacher is always, like, uh, you need to hold your pick a little differently. Your your tone is just not does not sound good, you know. And uh, <laughs> it, no, like I'm, even 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 before you're like, it's not like oh, you played that incorrectly. He's just like your sound sucks. You can't even hold a pick right. That's what he's telling you. No, 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 no. The thing is like <laughs> the angle. You don't hold the pick like perfect. You had to hold it like at an angle, like forty five degrees, kind of. Right, uh-huh. and uh, and I'm for me it's like the guitar. In some ways, I'm not even really paying attention to the sound. Sometimes it's just trying, I'm trying to play attention to like learning how to play something. But oddly enough, I'm not paying attention to the sound generated. And mm. uh, so yesterday, like I could really tell the difference in the tone of the guitar when I played it, like the way he was telling me to, versus mm-hmm. uh, like just just plucking at it without thinking about it. I was like, oh, this sounds, you know, so much nicer. And, um, but anyways, I think it's something you can train yourself at to hopefully get better at, but maybe not. Who knows? Well, it's really funny because, like, I, <laughs> if the pitch was higher, I just assumed it was, like, a G. <laughs> like, that's what my brain did. <laughs> and if it was lower, it was a C. <laughs> I, like, totally guessed. I was so bad. It was worse than 50-50. <laughs> but were you at least able to tell what is higher and what's lower? I Yeah, I can, that's what I said. I can tell relative pitch. I can't tell absolute pitch at all. It was yeah, just I funny. Either. Yeah, I can tell relative. Like, I can get, like, a groove or, like, it would be, like, you know, C or D. If they keep on playing the same tones back and forth, I can kind of go mm-hmm. off that. Also, like, why do you up, think they don't have A or or B? That's too complicated, Ryan. <laughs> Way too complicated. <laughs> um, oh, so I was watching this documentary on... It wasn't documentary. It was, like, actually just people building guitars. And so I didn't realize this, like, how important, like, the soundboard is. Like, if you, you know, have you ever reached in a guitar and you feel all those ridges on the inside of it? Like an acoustic guitar? Yeah. No, I, no, I haven't. But I think I can. Yeah, I've seen them. So you know what I'm talking about, though. You know how like the front face face plate, if you like reach your hand into the hole, like there's stuff attached to there, and like I, I, I always knew that because you know when you drop a pick in there, your hand and you try and grab it, your hand bangs into stuff. <laughs> so how right? you dropping picks into you? I, I mean, like I mean, like over the course of becoming old and being shitty at guitar, like I've dropped a lot of picks inside. That's why I don't even use picks anymore. <laughs> um, but like, so there's all this like really cool geometry and math that goes along. And so you basically, you want the faceplate to be as resonant as possible, but you also need it to be rigid. And so, so you try and make what, like that front of the guitar. Yeah, the actual front, the, like, front soundboard. And so um, there's, like, all these, this cool physics that go along with it. Like, the, the, it has a monopole and a dipole. Like, so 
it resonates like right where the the um the you know strings go in to the to the nut mm-hmm. you know away from the fretboard like so that resonates you know up and down right like a bellows but then uh, on either side of it like there's also it resonates like like a um like a seesaw also uh, and so and so there's if you look inside they're actually the those extra pieces of wood are actually braces that are trying to firm up the soundboard in certain ways and allowing other areas to flex so it like makes something more resonant and so they're like they interview these guys they're like yeah we used to take apart these guitars and notice that all of those things those little pieces of wood in them would be like kind of coved out like concave and that's because like cheap guitars just have pieces of wood glued in and then somebody would go in and like with a spoke shave like shave them down to get them thin to try and get the tone right versus uh-huh. like a beautiful a beautifully made guitar is before they attach the faceplate to the guitar they put on pieces of wood and then they like shape them by hand as thin as possible uh and so like you know the higher the thing is the more rigid it is but the uh-huh. thinner it is the less weight it has so it can resonate more and so like there's all these different diagrams on like how to put the pieces of wood in and i don't know it seems like something that'd be really fun to do yeah that'd be really cool that's and and so you see these like old time like luthiers like they'll just kind of hold the soundboard in their hand and bang like wrap their knuckle against it and just Uh hear how how it resonates until they get a good tone that's cool yeah, it was pretty neat. I, I just, like, I looked it up on YouTube. It was, like, a cool YouTube video. They're all over the place. So, like, it teaches you how to, like, build a guitar or... Oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. It doesn't teach you at all. It's like, well, one of the guys, one of the videos is, like, a, a guy explaining what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just neat. What is the like other all video these... you, you shared me that I haven't watched yet? Like the you haven't watched it? It's... Sorry. It's... <laughs> It's Louis Zazetti. He goes from literally a tree and all the steps to make a, like a skiff, like a, 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 a practical utility fishing boat. And it's really, really cool because he's like, this is how we used to do it. So you don't like have a real frame or anything. You just, you literally only have one frame that you're bending everything around. And so, you, you're actually not even you're you make a couple of decisions but you're not drafting anything on a board really you like decide what angle you want certain things to be and then you just like drop the pieces of wood on and cut them off but the way he does stuff is so straightforwardly simple like getting two pieces of wood to be exactly square on either side just with like using a table saw uh like a uh circular saw uh-huh. And uh, and uh, and uh, some kind of straight edge. It's just cool. I really like those videos. And now I go to sleep to them, which is really weird because like it's the sound of table saws and power tools, uh-huh. which would seem like something not fun to go to sleep to. But well, it's like soothing to you. It is because he's so enthusiastic about it. <laughs> so like, uh, what do you want to build? I don't know everything. I mean, I think I think building furniture would be fun. Um, 
in general, but like anything uh, uh like anything in particular. I mean I think building small tables and coffee tables and stuff is just neat because it is such a simple form with all these permutations, right? And it's just four legs and, and a cup and like you know, at its simplest it's I guess it could be three legs. But, Four legs and then a and and some kind of plane parallel to the floor, right? Yeah. But there's all these variations that mean so many other things, right? As far as you know, an IKEA table versus something that was at Versailles, you know, and but they're both still copy tables. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I also the idea of like, like I would, it, it, I think it'd be really interesting to like go out into the forest and get a piece of wood, try it in your basement Mm -hmm. to like lumber and like create something out of basically something that would have burned or decomposed. No, yeah. Right. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. And like, um, I know kind of remember when we see that woodworking class back in college with Mike Mm -hmm. Farmer. Yeah. Uh, How do you still remember his name? Mike, like, had a big impression on me, man. Like, I didn't, like, uh, I don't know. I think that time, I was just kind of going through, like, a rough period. And, like, Mike, like, after we had ended the the class, like, I had it incomplete. I hadn't finished the course yet. And Mm -hmm. he, like, had no, he did not have to let me into the woodshop, especially, like, I think there's, like, there's a huge liability in letting a person like you be around all these huge saws and like mm-hmm. dangerous equipment. I mean, if I had hurt myself, like there's, he's completely liable. And, but despite that, he just let me stay there. So I felt like a, you know, kind of like a bond with him at the time. And I even ended up, ended up making him and John a drawing. Like it took me mm-hmm. like a year, a year to do it, give to them. But, um, that pen, one pen thing, and ink one. Yeah, pen and ink one. Uh, just because I think that yeah, they just uh, were really cool to me um, back in the day. And uh, but regarding like tables, I just remember one time he was telling me like, I don't know why it's just such a simple concept. But I never thought about it the way like that day. Like, what is a table? A table is simply like the earth moved up off the ground. Mm. Right? It's just like, mm-hmm. you're not like, if you didn't have a table, you just had the ground. It's basically just like the earth, like, yeah, elevated. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just thought that was such a, was a cool concept. Um, yeah, like, the, like a lot of factors, of like human factors that go into furniture building, like all the stuff that just sounds kind of boring, but it's actually pretty interesting once you start getting into it, like, mm-hmm. ergonomics and, like, the height and who's going to be using it and how, you know, all those things. Yeah. Uh, I I definitely, like most things in college, did not take advantage of, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed that class, but then I didn't take it seriously. No, I have a lot of regrets. I took so many cool classes, but, like, you know, definitely did not apply myself 
nearly to the point that I wish I had. And one mm-hmm. one case in point is like I'm so interested in organic chemistry right now. <laughs> like, Are you serious? Why? Yeah, I'm like, why did I not listen? Why did I not like? I wish I really, you know, like nowadays I'm I'm so much interested in things that like I was not interested back then. I was like, man, I really wish I could take like an organic chemistry class now. Um, I mean, you you are uh, you're at a university. I'm at a medical center, but I'm not at the university, so I don't. I mean, the university is a little bit north of the city. So, I mean, could you not? Could you not audit a class if you wanted to? I probably could, but I mean, where's where's the time? You know, I'm working quite a bit. Yeah, but you're uh, a lot smarter than you were back then, and you don't have to take the test. Like you just want to yeah, take the information from it that you want sit, to. Yeah, I just want to go sit in on it and like just um, just yeah, just learn. Um, yeah, have you have you ever watched it on Viceland? There's a show called Har- Hamilton's Pharmacopeia. This is this yeah, I don't. Well, I, I don't have Vice anymore. I got it for like two weeks, and then it stopped after I. I mean, I guess that was their point. They got me hooked, but then they took it away. Wait, uh, I have a food swing TV. That's the only way I know how to watch it. Hmm. Um, I could probably give you my username and password. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Now yeah. you have doc, doc, documented fraud. I like it, Cumberland. Huh? I said this is, this is new territory to podcast. Which is what? <laughs> Which is like purposefully documenting fraud. It's like, I'll just give you my username. Oh, I no one's listening to this. <laughs> I mean, what are people going to listen to? Like me and you talking about guitars and woodworking. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I, I have to this point of the podcast. Um, well, I think that there's a good takeaway from this for a podcast is like anything that is remotely interesting is going to require some heavy, heavy editing. <laughs> there's no editing going on around. <laughs> no editing. It's all 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 natural. Uh huh. Top shelf, boring conversation. I'm going to go ahead okay. and assume that Terry Gross and Mark Marin probably have an outline written out before the interview starts to 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 keep some kind of narrative or pace going. So are you saying that I don't have an outline? I'm saying, do you have an outline? <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I'm not going with it. <laughs> I find that you're probably lying to me. <laughs> I was listening to Terry Gross' interview, uh, Mr. Rogers, on the way home today. And that, that, I, that was, I was listening to part of it, too. 1984. I was like, I was blown away, like, you know, she she was only, like, 33 at that time. Mm-hmm. But she was so good, even back then. I mean, she was just, I mean, I think she's, like, gotten, I mean, definitely really great now, but even when she was starting out, she was really good. But um, I only actually heard the end of it where he was singing his farewell song. Uh, did you remember that from your childhood? I, that's, it's so funny. I actually don't really, I had like a like shimmer of a memory, but I honestly did not remember that song. Did you? No, it was weird because I did watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood all the time. And I remember the opening song. 
Can't yeah, it. were we just were we all just so ADD that we never finished an episode? But then I yeah I, I just like I don't I kind of vaguely remembered it, but I'm like I don't remember this as much as I think I should, you know? Right. Unless, um, but we were like what I don't that was recorded in 1984. I don't know if they changed the show after that when we were watching. I mean, we would have been five. That's when we would have been watching it. And, no, I think I was watching a little old. I mean, I don't remember when. Maybe we were pretty. I mean, there wasn't that yeah. many other things for us to watch back then. It was like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Like, I mean, there was cartoons and stuff, but as far as PBS goes, I feel like I don't remember watching very many other things. Do you remember the N- Nintendo Kid or Galaxy High? And Nintendo Kids, yeah, I remember Nintendo Kids. That was the one like, with, like, Fire Brothers and all that stuff, like, our... Yeah, the, uh, like, right? sat- like, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Like, there was, a like, Simon from Castlevania and Kid Icarus and... Yeah, I remember the, that cartoon. I was trying to find it to, to look at it, and I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, like, you can, like, see half of an episode on YouTube... Because, yeah. you know, some of your, some of your, my memories are so vague. I'm like, I don't remember if that was real or not. Do you, do you remember uh, Defenders of the Earth? I have no idea. I think you just made that up. No, no, because I looked it up because I still remember part of the theme song. Um, <laughs> so I was like, is this real or did I make it up? And I found it. It does exist. It's so gosh darn boring. <laughs> Like, so, so many action cartoons from the 80s that I remember being, like, awesome are so plodding and, like, weird, kind of. <laughs> I mean, back then, nothing, and you take very little to hold our attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even, like, the video games are so boring that came out back then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, again, I guess, since we're, like, in your childhood area, like, like uh, so you were born in Chicago, right? I was born in Chicago, correct. And then yeah, Evanston, Evanston to be more precise. Whatever, Evanston doesn't exist. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's all north of me. No precision, for sure exists. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe accuracy. Maybe accuracy doesn't exist, but precision definitely exists. <laughs> so I need that was like how old when? Uh, so we're we're five years apart. Okay, so she has some memories of Chicago. I mean, I have a few memories of Chicago, but we came to Texas when I was five. So. Oh, you were here for a while. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We moved like we moved to Texas in '84. So, what do you what do you remember in Chicago? I remember like playing handball and stickball, like in an alley. I remember like jumping <laughs> off of the stoop into snow, like all the way up to my waist. Uh, I remember watching my dad walk across the street, like being really little, and like being at the window watching him walk out the front door of the apartment to work. Uh, And weirdly, I just remember laying on the top of the back of the couch. You know how when you're little, you can like lay on the very top of the couch. Yeah. Uh, Just like with my arm dangling. 
and like rubbing. It was a, it was, you remember that couch? It was like really ugly, weird, like it was a beige background. It had like orange and, and, and brown. Like it was like a cottage pattern. No, no, it when when we were in, when we, when we were in the house in North Wilson Hills, we definitely still mm-hmm. had it. Um, uh-huh. but, but I just remember laying on top of that couch, like on my belly, rubbing the side of the couch because it was soft and velvety. <laughs> Those are like my three or four memories of Chicago. What kind of places did you guys live in? Like an apartment? We lived, or a house? Yeah, we lived, yeah, we lived in an apartment. I think we were like fairly high up, like at least the fifth floor. Oh, so good walk up. Yeah, I don't remember that, and I'm Where'd your pretty dad sure. Work, uh, I think he was at the. Time? I think he was at the Masonic Hospital. Do you know where? Do you know where that is in Chicago? No, I don't. I'm sure. Uh, I, yeah, should. I just don't know. So I mean, I I think it's in Evanston, but I don't. I don't. Was really he know. training or working? He at that point, I think was was training to be. I think he was like doing fellowship then. In cardiology. Yeah. Did your dad do cards in India, or just one after he came here? No, no, he came here to like specialize. Did he do residency here also, or just the fellowship? Well, so I think like he was already practicing, and I think when they came and they were letting docs in in the seventies, you had to redo everything. Yeah, I think he had to redo all the residency stuff. So I think he did internal medicine and then fellowship. But he was also moonlighting because he called, I mean, because um, he was teaching at the med school, I think, when he was in India. Uh-huh. It's sad. Maybe I should do a podcast with my dad. <laughs> no, I should. I should interview your dad at some point. That'd be fun. Uh, he would. He he would love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I can imagine him really liking that. Uncle, I think you're really interesting, and I'd like to talk to you for an hour. He's like, an hour is not going to be enough. <laughs> and he's like, all right, five-hour conversation. <laughs> well, how your dad, you? your dad would probably like like doing this a lot too. I, yeah, I think I'm trying going to try to get him on. Um, I feel like your mom would not do this. Like no, she would, I, I she she would. Yeah, she'd be, but she'd then be like, good, I think. like yeah, I mean, I I guess like if she'll open up and be hilarious with you, that would be awesome. But I could just imagine her being quiet also. Yeah, no, my mom she can be pretty talkative, and she has a lot of stories about her like childhood in India, which is fun to listen to. Yeah. So, um, how old was your your dad when he came here? That is a good question. So, I think he was 27 when he married my mom. So, maybe 33 or so? Yeah. Were they married... Before they moved yeah. over here together. Yeah, no, because Anita Anita was born in India, so oh. and she moved over here when she was like two. 
But she can't be president then? She cannot be president. Yeah. Oh, dude, do you know what? So, Ra- do you do you know that Rahul is the chief of staff for the House of Representatives in Texas? Is that a big deal? I mean, it sounds like a big deal. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, it is a big deal. I mean, That's if, really cool. as far as you know, kind of. Yeah, I was asking him if he was thinking about running, and he said that. Uh, that basically Aaron wouldn't let him. So what's chief of, so how did you like segue from that to Rahul? Like what was the spark? I don't know. Weren't we talking about politics? <laughs> yes. You just talked about your, your sister not being able to run for president. I guess, yeah, I guess. That, that, that was it. <laughs> Yeah, my sister can't be president, but there's this other Indian brown person that is involved. Not in necessarily in politics, but in... um, How'd you you hear about Rahul? So he, like, uh, and I got an email from, like, LinkedIn about him, like, congratulate him on his job. And I was like, I haven't talked to that guy in forever, so I just called him. And then uh-huh. Didn't realize that he was still that he was in Austin. So we like chatted. It was awesome. It was as if fifteen years had not happened. We just like went right back into it. That's he was cool. talking about like talking about like you know trying to get like you know talking about the shit that he always talks about food and working out and uh, <laughs> like be feeling fat like. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, I know he 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 sounded good. They've got two little kids now, and um, Aaron, uh, and she's got a good practice, and um, so yeah, seemed good. It'll be cool. Like I would definitely, you know, if we can if we get back to Austin, I feel like I would start hanging out with him a bunch. Yeah, that's he's a good guy. That'd be fun. And so, so Ryan's going, is he moving to Austin? I know he's going to Austin, but is he already there or is going to be? No, no, no. They, they, they'll move in August also because Nikki still has to finish out her fellowship. Was her fellowship one year or uh, two years? I think it's just one year for Moe's. Oh, okay. But I'm not positive. Yeah, yeah, they've just been in St. Louis for a year. That's good. So, yeah, that'd be nice friend base to have. It's a lot of fun. Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone else still in Austin? Uh, uh, Ryan's brother Josh, and and then Zach, Nikki's brother. Mm. Um, I mean, I I like kind of know some other people, but not really. Um, I mean, is Julia still there? I haven't talked to her in a long I think she is. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Um, um like I don't it, are are any of our college people still in I think Austin? Laurel, Laurel's probably still there. We are still uh-huh. there. Um Yeah, I think that's all the people that, I mean that I know. Um, mm-hmm. 
that you know, you know. Yeah. So, well, that's um, yeah, that should be really it's, nice to go back to Texas. So. Yeah, I'm. I'll be happy to be out of the cold for sure. And I don't know. Catherine and I were talking about it. It's like okay, we'll try and find a house with like a couple of acres of land that she can have a build a big garden and like I'll try and have a workshop and. Is that something that she uh, wants to do, build a garden? Yeah, like have a quaint, a quaint life. I don't know. <laughs> Are you gonna have a studio? I would. Yeah, I would love to. I studio sounds awesome. A bar. I'll have a. I'll, I'll a have bar. a workshop. Okay. <laughs> you need something a little more rustic. Woodwork. Yeah. You know, you know what I was thinking about. I was thinking about like what we were gonna talk about, uh, you know, on this thing. And I was like, yeah. you know, you know what I could easily talk about and would find interesting is like, yeah. what, what do you hate? Like, what are the things? Like, what are things that really bother you that you hate? Like, and, uh, yeah. And like, what are the things that I I hate when people call like adopting a pet? rescuing like oh he's a rescue i'm like you uh-huh. fucking self-important <laughs> piece of shit you rescued this animal like okay if you like drove down to louisiana during the hurricane and like picked up a drowning dog then you rescued an animal if you fucking drove in your s- suburban suv to the local pet center and like pointed at an animal behind bars and like took it home with you like <laughs> Not a rescue. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that before. You haven't been. You haven't heard people like, "Oh, he's a well, rescue." No, I've, heard, I've heard, heard it. But maybe I, yeah, no, I don't talk to people. <laughs> I never had the fortune of hearing anyone say rescue. Uh, well, people say <laughs> that, and like it, like makes my skin crawl a little bit. And obviously, <laughs> now it's just part of parlance. So, like. I don't think people think about what they're saying necessarily, but it's just so self-important. Yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, it's bullshit. It's, um, are you going to say that's your kid, though? I rescued you. Well, I rescued you? <laughs> no, tell him I shot him out. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll do what we did to Vanita and tell her that, like, <laughs> you, you've heard this story, like, we used to uh-huh. tell Vanita that we, uh, uh, like my dad would like very seriously told told her uh, that uh, that she wasn't really part of our family. That like we had stopped by a farm <laughs> to pick up cabbages, and this guy paid us to take to take her, and then she would and then she would start crying. And my it's mom, so mean, would, and so my mom, and, and my mom would be like, "Stop telling her that stuff." And then my dad would say, "She needs to know the truth." <laughs> At least your mom would defend it. That'd be like so your mom, like, of course. Got into it also. Of, of course. How, how old is she? I mean, we were uh, we were little. You're like seven, something like that. <laughs> what, was, what would you do? Like, you like go? Uh, with your I dad, mean, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. I know we all like. We definitely. Um, <laughs> <coughs> we definitely egged her on. Played along. Um, 
So would you say you had a good childhood? I had a great childhood. What was your I uh I mean I think by I think by any objective standards I had a great childhood. Would you not say you had a great childhood? No, I had a great childhood, yeah. Really it was really fun. I mean, I think I would say it was different than like the standard American experience, but I think we had fairly standard immigrant, immigrant, like South Asian immigrant experiences. Well, what do you think think is so different from standard American experience? Well, I think that especially at least our cohort that came over when they did and how they did, like, you know, everyone we grew up with came over as a, almost everyone came over as some kind of medical professional, right? And so I think there was this, I think it was a, a good chunk of them came over with this idea that they would come to, you know, the promised land and make some money and then go back and better the lives of their family. And so many of them ended up Uh, I don't know if it's a combination of being seduced by the lifestyle and the income and seeing a better life for their kids, or if it was, you know, I'm not sure what, but I think we all had really high expectations placed on us because our parents, I think, gave up a lot in deciding to stay here because they thought it was better for us. And so their level of sacrifice to move away from everyone and everything that they knew for for us and for a better life for us was came through in in the expectation of of output and you know excellent output. Don't you? No, I agree. I never like actually thought about it. Thought about it that concretely, and you know, it makes completely seem like it's that hard to get to that conclusion. You know, if you start thinking about it. But yeah, I could see that. You know, um, yeah. So. Yeah, because I think it's it's pretty common that, at least for, at least everyone in my family, obviously, it's like pursuits outside of like particular excellence was not, was, you know, frowned upon. You know, it's like, okay, you can be good at sports, you have to get straight A's, kind of everything outside of that is irrelevant and, and pointless and a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, it's just not outside of the experience and like not a... Yeah, we're kind of going up against that growing up, right? So kind of like yeah. a clash. Of, um, but I mean, it's, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a, it's like a, a particular kind of experience, and I think like South Asians and East Asians share it. Uh, okay. Like, so my sisters didn't want piano lessons, but they had to do them because mm-hmm. I think my my parents had this understanding of like that's what you did with your daughters because i was like well can i have them (laughs) they were like no 
<laughs> that, and, and and it was so matter of fact. It was. And I was like, well, obviously for me, I'm American. Um, and I was like, well, you know, that you know, how come they get it and I don't? And for yeah. them, it was like, no, no, no. This is what they need. This is this would be stupid for you. Um, <laughs> I got it. So what do you, how do you explain that? Well, I mean, but I think in your parents' eyes, they were like, no, our sons should know how to play. Because your 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 parents had both of you guys play instruments, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it it wasn't because they assumed you were getting real enjoyment out of it, or that you would become, or that they wanted you to become musicians. It was like this is a part of making our our children excellent and well rounded. Well, I always think it's kind of weird, right? Like that, like our parents would like want us to play instruments because that's not something that anyone in India really did. Like right, so I a think matter of fact, growing up, but I don't know if that's like something a lot of people here do either. Is it? I mean, no, I think no, I think they came here and interpreted what honestly, like they thought that wealthy and productive and fancy people did, and like that was part of it, right? Um, I think honestly, that's why my dad started playing golf because like. That's what doctors do, right? I mean, he used to play tennis, and he really liked tennis, and he was good at it. But it it was also in the early 80s, that's what you did, I think. And then golf happened, and then he started playing golf and forced forced me to play it, but didn't force my sisters. Because, you know, in his mind, it's like, oh, okay, Arun will be a cardiologist, and he'll need to take out other doctors to for rounds of golf so he can get consults and yeah I, I, I think that even if even if they didn't like truly understand what they were doing like at a very granular level like I still think that they interpreted what the a successful like American was and like tried right. to have us be that hmm. Are these things you never think about coming off? No, I never really thought about it um, that way. I mean, it's really what our parents did is is crazy. It's like a, it's a crazy thing. It's like I'm gonna move. I literally know no one. I have no family here. Mm-hmm. The rules at that time were that you couldn't even bring much money in. My dad always is like, I had eight dollars in my pocket. He hitchhiked to work, like when he first got to California. Uh-huh. Um, some cool stuff. My mom yeah. couldn't speak any English when they moved here. Didn't know anybody. My dad, like, and they, and we moved to Kansas. Not like some kind of like metropolitan place where they're. My, I think my parents were the only brown people for like a hundred miles. They're probably still the only brown people if they moved there. Yeah. <laughs> I made a, I made like exactly Kansas the other day. Exactly. She's like, don't make smart jokes about Kansas. Um, <laughs> brown people got shot there like last year, right? <laughs> um, yeah, they wandered yeah. into the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine what it was like to come here, especially when there weren't that many other Indian people. Around yeah. and um, I think 
that's why like back in the day now people Indian people sort of like they come here they can really get very granular and like who they hang out which kinds of Indian people they hang out with you know like yeah yeah from, exactly like, like you're from Kerala or Tamil Nadu back then it was just like everyone yeah. hung out with each other right because they right. weren't that many people back then yeah yeah I mean, exactly I think we're probably the middle wave. I mean, there was like an even older wave than our parents, right? But then those are like, like, uh, Menkatra, uh, Menkatraman uncle and like, um, some other people who came here in like the, like 60s, 70s. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Cause I think the borders were closed for a while. Cause my dad, the way my dad talks about it, it's like they opened them up in like 72, 73, something like that. Um, for basically for professionals, I think. Like, so. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even sure how they got here. I mean, I, I know a lot of people were able to go to London and stuff from India, but I'm not sure how people came to America. But it's like, I mean, it's. it's. Well, they're actively recruiting physicians back then. That's like. Yeah. Exactly. Why are there a doctor shortage, especially in low income places? Mm hmm. Um, yeah, my dad. You know, my dad did a residency somewhere like New York or like one of the hospitals. No one wants to like work at, right? So right. Yeah, I would like to have him like talk about those those experiences. Those are like I can't imagine being like a resident back then. You just had to put up with like so much so much crap from people. You know? Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I think I think our dad Can you imagine like the like un like putting up with, like that, yeah. Can you imagine like the unfiltered racism of Texas in the er- late seventies, early eighties? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what it was like. Yeah, I mean has does your dad ever talk about that? I mean my dad Not, never talks about that. Like I don't know no, I don't even know if he think, like registers it. Um if well, it I think it. I, I mean, I don't know if it's, <clears throat> I don't know if it's like rose tinted shades or if they really didn't notice it or if they made themselves not pay attention to it. And also our, our dads in particular are weirdos. So like, I, who knows what's going on in that brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my, and, and they both have like, they're such revisionist history kind of people. Like, at least my dad is. Like he'll mm. tell a story, and I'm like, "That's bullshit." You know, that's not true. <laughs> like I was there. <laughs> so, like before you went to Trinity Valley, which where'd you go to school? We were in North Richland Hills at a at a at a Catholic school. North Richland Hills. Like what? Where you what, used to live too? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't live in North Richland Hills. Did I? I lived what, in Halton City. It's Haltom oh, City. Okay. Sorry. So North Virginia Hills was right next to Haltom City. So it was uh, St. John's. It was on um, – ah, crap, what 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 road was it on? I don't even remember. But it was when, do you remember our old house? Yeah, I remember your old house. Yeah, so it wasn't far away from that. And what grade did you go up? in that school for well, that that school was was preschool to eighth grade and i did i think i did kindergarten to eighth grade there so you want to go to trinity valley in ninth grade yeah 
Um, did Anita and Anita also go to uh, school there? No, Anita went to Nolan, that the Catholic high school, and then we went to we went to Trinity Valley. So Anita went to Trinity Valley in the eighth grade. Uh huh. When you went to ninth grade, you guys joined at the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you still know any of the people that you went to school with, like, back then? I mean, I haven't talked to Ryan in forever. Um, I don't think I've talked to anyone that I went to high school with, uh, you know, outside of you guys. And I don't think I've talked to anyone from my high school. Last time I talked to Ryan was, I I can't even remember, years ago. How big was your high school class? 70? No. Is that right? How, 70 people? Maybe? 70, 75? Yeah. That sounds really large saying it out loud, but I think that's true. It doesn't sound super large. I mean, it's larger than my class. is like the smallest Cistercian class ever. I think like 25 people or something. Mm. <laughs> I think we were like the loser class or... Um, I mean, I like my class, but it was, we were like a really small group and I don't know what it is. I think it's funny that like the people I still am in contact with, like you, Zephyr, well, you, you didn't go to high school with me, but they happen to be like the brown people in the, in the class. Not that mm-hmm. like that was intentional or anything, but it's just the. Are uh, you still, do you still talk to Frank ever? I I know it's been forever since I talked to Frank, but and yeah, I'd like to see him and Tim Yako. I haven't seen him since you know my wedding. They both came to the wedding, but mm-hmm. it has been like a long time since I talked to them before that. Um, yeah, did you? So St. John's, did you, did you like St. I remember like a birthday party you had with a bunch of people from St. John's, like a pool party, uh, fifth grade or sixth grade. Um, at, at, in, in my house, in my parents' house? Yeah, I was in your parents, like your new house, not your North Richland Hills house. Like, oh, I think, I think I remember too. And like, we all, like, we were all, we did like WrestleMania upstairs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how specific that event is, but like, <laughs> I'm sure we did. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't, like, I had a, do you remember, um, like, Christian, do you remember those, like, the pub remember, rock kids? I remember, yeah, yeah, they're from, yeah. were they at St. John's? So Christian, Christian went to St. John's, but then Sean um, was from Nolan. Like, they all went to Nolan. They were from St. John's. Like, Christian was the only one that went to St. John's with me. Okay. And then Christian knows knew Sean from Nolan then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. And they were all punk rock and, like, ska. And I thought ska was the name of a band. Yeah, you'll never live that one down. No, I will never live that one down. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we took that SAT class, and I think like uh, Sean was in it also. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's honestly when I started hanging out with them more was after that. Oh, really? I hung out with them. I hung out with hit them, that crew, like, that whole summer, like, all the time. <laughs> what did you guys do? We drank 40s in his basement. Um because his mom, they, like his parents had either just gotten divorced or like in the process of getting divorced, and so there was like a lot of latitude there. So we were like got drunk in his garage, like converted garage. I remember doing that a lot, and then uh, stupid shit. Like we we would we drove through the drive-through at like McDonald's naked, like <laughs> like stupid like. <laughs> Thinking we're cool punk rocker kind of wait, bullshit. Wait, so wait, wh- when would you actually get naked? Like when you left the house, or like? No, no, no. What, I think we what, like. When was the undressing happen? I think we would like just like, like right when you pulled up, you'd like just get naked. <laughs> so like when you pulled in, like would the people notice this? Like, yeah, yeah, of course, because we were in a minivan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're high up enough so <laughs> do you remember their reactions <laughs> like uh, I mean I don't Where now like... <laughs> I think we just got weird looks yeah uh, do you remember what you ordered <laughs> no I, I can't remember if it was like Taco Bell or McDonald's or you know <laughs> something. Did you put your clothes back on to eat the food? <laughs> I, I I don't remember. <laughs> so, like, you know, after college, you, like, how long were you in the house for before you, like, decided to move to New York? Like, how did that come about? <clears throat> and, like, and, like, in terms of, like, uh, you know, this excellence that your parents are wanting you to live up to and you know that was definitely probably so I obviously to all of that right and then uh yeah so I obviously chose to react to that by going the opposite way I guess it was sophomore year where I decided that medicine wasn't wasn't the thing I wanted to do necessarily mm-hmm. and started taking more more art classes and stuff and then was just waiting tables, I think for a year after we graduated at the clay pit, uh-huh. and then I forget about and that. then uh-huh. and then I didn't want to wait tables anymore, and so then they let uh-huh. me start bartending, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at all, but uh-huh. it was fun. And then Jeff or Dalla um, got Teach for America, and I was like, all right, I'll move with you. I didn't have a plan. Uh huh. And then I, and like, I moved. Did you say moved with him to New York? He, I mean, like, I moved into the place he was staying. Like, he, I think, moved a couple months or maybe a month before me. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then, uh, and I moved in. And I think I only lasted there for, like, two months before he was like, I want to live with another teacher. And then I moved in with Jeremy and Jeremy. Grant and Kirk. And uh, and then and I and that and that's when my hipster my hipster phase happened. 
Were you dressing like that before you moved in with them or after you moved in with them? No, remember like we when we were in in Austin, I was like wearing brown polyester pants and like you know, like Austin Austin grungy. We were all we all wore the same shit except for that six month period when I wore coveralls. <laughs> I remember I used to remember like wearing those for a long period, like almost all college like shirts are way, way too tight for me. Like uh-huh. <laughs> that was just a thing back then, right? Yeah. It was uh it's so uncomfortable, though. It's like, how did I do that? Yeah, because like it was like, you know, we, it's because, like, we weren't, you know, we were, like, we were all, we weren't hip, we weren't, you know, hip-hopped. We were. So is New York basically just a variation on that style, or was it? No, so, do you, so like, I, I had to, I had to quickly, I had to, I quickly realized that, like, polyester pants weren't cool in New York, and jeans were cool, and I needed to wear jeans and like tighter fitting stuff because i don't think i wore that much tight stuff in college like i, I mean no i, I absolutely yeah, um, yeah you didn't have like tight black pants like you had in new york in college i don't remember yeah. no so um like i i like we had like those tight like polos that's what i wore like nerdy looking thrift store polos in college. In college. Yeah, and then moved to New York, and then it was, like, tight, tighter jeans and, like, just monochromatic, like, that's definitely when I started the whole just, like, white t-shirt, blue jeans every day kind of thing. White t-shirt. What was your style right? now? My style now is whatever my wife buys me because I don't have authority to make decisions. So what is your wife buying you now? I'm a fucking prep. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it like? What you wear khakis and what? Well, actually, actually, I still pretty much wear jeans and a a t-shirt. They're just nicer jeans and nicer (laughs) t-shirts. Yeah. So when I went to Japan, I got, like, Uniqlo, these jeans. But they're, like, spandex jeans, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're so comfortable. Like, yeah, I, like, the ones I'm like, wearing now have a little bit of stretch in them, too. They're not, yeah. like, straight up. I, but I feel like a lot of pants have that in them now. Oh, yeah? It's like the, the material itself is kind of stretchy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, they're very comfortable. Yeah. So you like <laughs> super interesting podcast. Yeah, I really like my pants too. <laughs> oh man, this goes where it goes, right? Ideally, that's uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you like you moved in two thousand and. Like three events in New York, right? Like somewhere. Yeah, there. I think I, I think I think it was like technic, technically 2002, but yeah. Okay, so the end of 2000. Yeah, we graduated 2002. You must have moved in 2000. We graduated maybe in 2002. You must no, you must have moved in 2003. Okay, maybe it was 2003. And then, yeah, uh, my because I think I t- I think I took an extra six months to graduate because I didn't turn in my thesis. <laughs> Yeah, I took I graduated in the summer also. 
not because of thesis, because I hadn't finished all my classes. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was done with everything except for my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your thesis again? It was like writing some songs? No, I ended up doing like photography and and I, while I liked my pictures and I thought the evolution of it was interesting, my the, whatever paper I wrote was a piece of shit. I remember I had a paper and I was like, this paper is shit. And I rewrote the whole thing the night before uh-huh. it was due and turned it in. The night before, like in December or like before? No, no, no. Like I'd been working on it like you're supposed to, but like not really. And yeah. then like the night before it was due, I was like, Oh, this is a piece of shit, and I just rewrote the whole thing. Like started yeah. from scratch and wrote wrote another thing. Yeah, it was uh, it was for that one random, totally random class that I turned that song in as my thesis. Yeah, we wrote some really horrible song, and you turned it in, right? Yeah, and the song wasn't horrible. We were just horrible musicians. Like, if good musicians played our song, it could have been a cool song. Also, it was like all of our songs, and it had no structure to it. It just went on forever. You know, like I think we just made made music way too hard on like to figure out. Also, we just didn't have any understanding of instruments at all. I was like, no, we we were really, just like, shitty at everything. You know, it was like a revelation to me. Like recently, like it's not you know, that much of a revelation. It's like. Say, take a piece of jazz music, a jazz standard, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is like a piece of music by John Coltrane. They have, like, the, the chord changes laid out on a sheet, right? So basically mm-hmm. what they're doing for a major part of the song is basically just, like, follow, that's the map. You know, right. like, these, like, these are, like, these, like, four bars, these are the chord changes, and then within that you improvise, right? But you're, like, you're right. changing as the song changes. I'm, like... I don't know why that was, like, so, I guess, like, really? It's somehow that, it's not, I mean, it's, of course, hard to, like, do that well, right? But just to have a map is, like, something that we never had. (laughs) Yeah, well, because we were like, oh, it should just come out excellent. We made things way too hard on ourselves. Well, we Uh, just had no clue what the hell we were doing. Yeah, so... Which, you know, I pretty much lay at your feet because you actually knew something about music. Like, you had taken piano classes. You should have been able to say, hey, guys, what we're doing isn't a song. That's not how no, songs no, work. No, I didn't understand the guitar back then. Like, no, but I'm saying you understood the piano. Like, piano has, like, songs. Like, there's a there's a part, and then there's another part, and it's, like, in a key, and there's a chord progression and no, you you think I'd understand that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like common sense comes very slowly to me. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah, oh, it makes a lot of sense, but I don't know why it took me so long to get that. But yeah, yeah, it's uh... I remember that song, do you still have it on tape somewhere? I mean, it's it has to exist somewhere. I I have a hard drive laying around here somewhere, um, and my uh, my computer. Remember that Dell that I had? That I, yeah, uh, I totally remember this. It that hard drive from there is still still exists, and like all of those albums of 
uh, from For a Good Time. Yeah. Um, I hear that. Yeah, you recorded that for me and Jeff, right? Like, uh, the song we put together. Yeah, I remember I made, made like, the, the Blue Sweater album. Do you still have that? I sent it to you guys. I, it's got, I mean, I think it exists somewhere. I don't, I don't know where. But the funny thing, you know, I always think that even though we suck, like, for some reason we've, like, jived together pretty good sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, how did that stuff come out when we really had no idea what we were doing? But, um, I guess we, we, yeah. If we got together again, I think it'd be a lot better. It's too bad that we all live apart from one another. Mm-hmm. Well, except for me and Zeph, but we still never see each other. <laughs> yeah, you guys are both busy. Yes. Yeah. I I don't I don't I don't know what it is. He actually texted me today, or and was like, "Hey, do you want to go see Black Panther?" And I was like, yeah. hey. And it was funny because I was actually thinking about him yesterday for some reason, mm-hmm. and I was like, um. I was like, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you. I'm actually doing something with Kumran this evening, though. Like, what time were you thinking about doing, going to see it? But then he never wrote me back. Mm. I still don't know if Zephyr likes me. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know Arun either. (laughs) No, but you were, yeah, you were my second choice for the podcast. I asked him first. and Do what? He said no. You, I said you were my second choice for the podcast because I asked him first. Mm-hmm. Said, no. <laughs> Are you going to do this with Zeph? Yeah, I want to do it with everyone. Anyone whose game is like I'm game for, you know? So, um, yeah, I wouldn't even mind doing it like on a weekly basis or at least bi-monthly basis with people. Um, cool. So we've been talking for... I guess we can pick up later. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling fine. I'm just, like, laying on the couch. So we can keep on going. I mean, like, I'm open to keep on going. Are you... Yeah. Are you down? Okay. Yeah, I can, I can so, keep on going. Okay. So, um... You're like New York. You're New York for how long? Uh, about five years. So till 2008, right? No, like 2000, 2007. So it was like four years, I guess. Like so, basically, right when I moved to New York, you like had left. You left New York, right? Like a year. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. To- like totally coincidence, not by plan at all. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I came um, there in 2007. Didn't you? You must have been leaving right then to start medical school. Yeah. Um, so you were there for a long time. Like, what's that, what are you doing there for that time? What are you doing? I was I was trying to be an artist. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to get laid. Still trying. Um, the I mean, the last two years I was there. Okay, no, the first year I was there, I was just trying to find a job, pretty much, and then I started waiting tables at that Israeli restaurant while like doing gigs. And then I became the bartender there. And then you first started working at Israeli restaurant. Yeah. It was like some, it was a brunch place, but it was run. It wasn't like, it was run by Israelis. Um, Where, where, where is that? It it was, it was in Soho. 
I'm sure that place still exists. It was called the Cupping Room. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, I, I don't think I lied necessarily. Uh, I think I just got lucky and, uh, and so then they let me bartend there. And, you know, I was young and chipper what, and what do you mean you didn't full lie? of enthusiasm. Huh? What do you mean you didn't like, lie? I don't know if I told them that I had waited tables before. Uh huh. You did, right? Didn't oh, no, that's right. That's right. I did. I had, I had waited tables at, um, first at that place, at, you know, with, uh, with Megan at Stonely in Austin. And then I waited tables at the Clay Pit. And then that's right. And then I waited tables there. And then I bartended there. And uh-huh. then, and then so, like, I got that uh-huh. job, um, doing file management for David and then so and then that evolved so like how how did you get the job okay so you were working at this restaurant and how long were you working there for uh at least a year if not longer quite a while and like uh were you working a lot like what was your schedule yeah i mean i was like that's how i was that's how i was paying rent so how much money would you think you're pulling out? No, no, it was shitty money. Like I definitely had to have my parents help me, uh-huh. um, help me pay rent sometimes. What was the rent like back then? Um, I think we, I mean, we lived in a shithole with the three of us. It was actually more expensive in Park Slope with Jeff. The shithole we lived in, where the ceiling fell in on us. I still think I was paying. Did I visit you there? You visited us in the nicer place, I think. The real shithole place. I don't know if you ever visited me in. And that was, I think. Grant and Jeremy? Yeah, Grant and Jeremy. And I think that was eight. Maybe it was less than a grand for sure. For all three of you? Oh, no, no, no. For you. Just for you. Yeah. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah, back then. And that was expensive. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, our, our, my rent in, my rent, our, my rent in Austin, I think was 300 bucks when we were in that house in Cameron. Insane, right? Like how much rent has changed? Like, yeah. I I know driving around, drive, when we were driving around Austin, looking at places, I was like, oh my God, if I could have just bought places back then. Um, like, even we made money off our condo that we were living in. Remember off 24th Street? Yeah, if we like, yeah, you go back in time and buy a bunch of real estate to be like, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like anything around South Congress. Remember how sketchy South Congress was? When we were South in school? Congress, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's such a nice and now it's like, area. So now it's like where everyone wants to live. Yeah. So, you were, were they, was that first place in Williamsburg also? Yeah, yeah. So, I lived in, like, I was in Parksville for, like, two months, maybe, and then I, I was in Williamsburg the rest of the time I was in New York. And so, um, you work in this Israeli place, waiting tables, then you've moved up in positions for bartenders, is that right? Like, that's, like, a more... Uh-huh prestigious thing or more desirable position. That was more right? desirable for, for me. It was more desirable. 
Because what you really <laughs> wanted to work was brunch. Like, brunch at this place was when they made all their money. But, like, uh, uh, that was the coveted position, and I couldn't get that. And so I told them I was leaving. Uh-huh. But they liked me, and they were like, what can we do to make you stay? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you could make me a bartender, kind of as a lark. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and so then I had to, like, figure out how to be a bartender. Because I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I was doing it in Austin either. <laughs> So but at, but at the really clay but it? but at like, the clay pit it was just you weren't we weren't making cocktails that much at the clay pit it was like there was ready made stuff and then there was beers and wine you know so I was just lying about being a sommelier basically when I was at the clay pit and then there it was like you had to make actually make cocktails um, and on Saturday nights and stuff would get busy so like uh, the cocktails like did you. How did you how did you learn how to make all those things? I mean, it's not fucking rocket science. This is like after you made it twice and you knew what you were doing. <laughs> I remember I I uh, Steve Urkel or the actor who played Steve Urkel came in with a big crew of people and like got drunk and I served him a bunch of drinks. Oh really? Was he nice? Uh. Nah, I mean, I wouldn't say he was nice, but he wasn't mean. He he definitely he definitely thought very highly of himself. And wouldn't you? Hey, yeah. I mean, he that dude's probably still that show is still on the air, right? I'm sure that guy still gets a fat check every year for for something he did 25 years ago. Yeah, it's a good life, you know. Yeah. Um. So. Then after that, you got the job with Dave, uh, Dave Byrne? Uh, yeah, so I'd been doing little side gigs, like, you know, being third assistant on art shoots. Um, one uh-huh. of the funniest things we did was um, do casting. So basically, you just stand on a street corner and shoot Polaroids of people and ask them for their information, which now sounds creepy as hell, and I don't even know if you'd get away with it. Wait, wait. Um, it'd be like, looking for attractive women and attractive men for like uh-huh. photo shoots. And you would be like, Hey, would you be interested in doing photography? And you would take their picture and then you would get their phone number. And yeah, like in retrospect, I could have just been like such a creepy dude. Yeah. And yeah. You, like, I'm sure there are people who were creepy and doing the same thing. Yeah. But it was like, so, it, usually I was on a street corner with Jeremy doing it. And so we both looked like little hipster arty people. And so it was reasonable that maybe we were work with photographers. So, like you, were, you legitimately was doing that. You take Polaroids of random people and like mm-hmm. you like them. You'd like say like, can you? Uh, no, no. Like it would, it would just be like any anyone who had an interesting look, or if they were attractive, or whatever it whatever they needed for the shoot. Like you would just stand like outside of Union Square because uh-huh. you know there's like a hundred people walking past you every thirty seconds, and you would just. Uh-huh. Say, excuse me, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. Would you be interested in this? I, I can take your picture and, and get your information. And if they're interested in you, they'll contact you. And uh, I wasn't cool enough okay. to ever, uh, like the photographer or the casting agency or whomever. Um, okay. I was obviously not um, cool enough or confident enough to ever, like, parlay that into hitting on anybody. Um, so it was just doing that. And then... Uh-huh. And then my buddy got hired to redo David's archives, basically. 
Um, your buddy? And he, uh, James, he's like the really tall guy with, uh, re- really tall. He had uh, dark hair. Um, yeah. He, uh, he got hired to do that. And he hired me. Uh-huh. And then, and then we would have lunch times where we were all just sitting around um, having lunch together. And oftentimes there'd be like a bottle of wine and there was uh-huh. a, another business, business in the building too. And so we would all kind of talk about stuff and David wasn't there often. Um, but then, cause he'd be on tour or doing some shit. And then he was there and we all talked. And then he was telling me about a piece that he saw in Spain and, mm-hmm. and I, talk to him more about it and at the same time I had been just doing some kind of mechanically electrically stuff in the office just because stuff wasn't working um and uh and then he asked if I wanted to help him design like design and build out this idea that he had and I kind of told him what my ideas were and then we started working on it and that evolved that's crazy, into like man. a awesome. two-year um, two-year project and um so yeah like what is all the i know you guys eventually turned the building into like a musical instrument right is that that was the goal mm-hmm. and so like what yeah what did you guys what did you design like what were like the different parts of the thing that you guys did um so the show that he saw was, which I think is really beautiful, and I forgot the artist's name was. It was in arboretum. It was in an arboretum, um, and it was like fall or winter, and so there was all these tree pod, uh, like seed pods on the trees, and so as you walked through this arboretum, the there was motion sensors and these. Um, like motors attached to the trees that would cause them to shake. And so mm-hmm. as you walked through the path in this forest, the it would respond to you. Like the trees would start vibrating and you have kind of like these little maraca sounds from these tree seeds. Beautiful piece. Um, and so he was talking about that and he was like asking like, how the, how do you think that they did that? And I was like, oh, well, I think they probably did this and this. And uh, And then I had already been working on some stuff. And so we then talked about, well, oh, well, you know, you couldn't actually make, like, the reason it's called a wavelength is because it's literally an actual length. And so talked about some of the other stuff and then um, about how you could maybe turn pipes into flutes and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so so that's, that's what we started doing. So uh, uh, he hired me to do, like, some testing in the office. And then uh-huh. the testing showed like kind of proof of concept this would work. And then, then he hired us on to build it. And then James got fired because of like personality stuff. And I had the choice to like, you know, leave in solidarity or stay. And I guess as, as not a good friend, I decided to stay. <laughs> um, That's not true. I mean, anyways, beside the point, but um, so like I mean, David Byrne imagines like this, you know, of course, he's, like, this really well-known person, mm-hmm. and, um, so, like, how did you gain his trust? Basically, because you were pretty good around the building about fixing stuff, or, like, what was it that? 
I would like to say my general obvious excellence. <laughs> I mean, shown like, shown through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you want to elaborate on your obvious excellence? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, how do you define beauty? Shut <laughs> <laughs> Not when I look at you. But, uh... <laughs> no, I think, I don't know, I think um, we, <clears throat> I'd been there for a couple of months talking about stuff already, so, yeah. you know, well, talking about like, project it's, it's art. Different, it's different from, like, you know, hearing someone be able to talk about it than knowing that, like, personally, you're incapable of carrying out what you are talking about, you know? Because, yeah, no, no, it's totally true. So... I mean, I, I I had just been like rewiring lights or hanging stuff or nothing that is by any estimation professional or hard. But, you know, I guess in New York, somebody seems handy easily because New York's this weird, skewed perspective of knowing, knowing how to do anything. Um, What's skewing perspective of what? Of of no one knowing how to do anything, uh-huh. like you know, everybody's like hyper specialized, and uh, so talked about it, and we're able to talk about things intelligently. I guess when he asked me questions, so I don't know. Yeah, so he trusted me. I mean, he he trusted me and he trusted me enough to like test out this idea, and then yeah. when when the when the testing worked then he trusted me enough to actually build it. So what was the first idea you were like, you tested out to? Well, so, so for like, first we did like, we just, or James actually did more than I did, like designed an off center weight to get machined that we just strapped to a, attached to a motor and then strapped that motor to something. And like, we're able to get, you know, like that thing oscillates at, you know, a certain hertz and vibrates whatever it's attached to. And so you get a tone that way. And then, mm. and then we're running pressurized air across these holes that we drilled and beveled just in plain old flute in plain old pipes. And then I remember, I remember the day that it finally made a note, like it sounded like something. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone was like, Oh my God, it's going to work. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And um, so from what I remember, like, they had, like, an organ in the, in the middle of the building, right? And then mm-hmm. you'd, you'd, like, press different keys, and it would trigger different things, right? Yep. And so what kind of different things would it be triggering? So there were... So there were 12 different, you know, flutes for all of the, you know, all of the notes. Um, uh, and then each, each flute had a compressed airline to it. And so there was a, one PSI and then a second PSI and then both PSIs combined until you got three octaves. Um, And so that took up 36 keys on the keyboard. And then there were 
I think, 12 more motors. No, no, no. Then there was 12 little solenoids that were strapped to, like, these beams that made, like, pinging sounds. And so those were your highest pitched. And then there was, like, I think four motors attached to stuff, and those were your, like, really low bass notes. Uh-huh. Um, So you had this like these deep rumbling bass notes, and then you had these really I, they were not perfectly they were not tuned by any stretch to like a perfect C. Like we got them as close as we could, um, and they it wasn't a, a brilliant bright note. It was uh, breathy and kind of ethereal, and uh, and those were you know the majority of the of the notes that that got made. And then the little pinging of the solenoids where you're like just high pitched, you know, a high attack kind and a fairly short decay, um, just like hit, hitting a hammer on a metal pipe kind of thing. So how long did that take to like, to do, like finish that, put all that together? Honestly, honest, from start of testing to like putting it up well yeah. remember i went to i went to i left and went to india for three months and then came back knowing i was going to go to med school and but then finished out that project because so while i was to, gone when, when did you go to india like so when did this part so when did you start working work, working with them when did I start working at David's office? When did you, um, well, when did you start putting together this project idea? I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on this. I, you, you mean what? So I think I did all the proof of concept stuff, and then I left for India. And then the when I came of, back so, from India, well, one second. They, so the proof of concept stuff, okay. Your, the proof of concept was just like planning it, right? The proof of concept was like literally that, like a proof of concept. Like, would this actually work? Like, uh-huh. could we get solenoids to work? Could we get this pipe system to work? All that kind of stuff. And okay. then when I came back, he had already contracted with this gallery. And uh-huh. so, I, you know, I honestly might be remembering the timeline wrong. Like, maybe... I started working on it and then left for India. But I, I, I find I have a hard time believing that I could have just left for three months if I was in the middle of a project. So it probably was not like a full-fledged plan moving along at the time you left for India for three mm-hmm. months. Yeah, so, yeah. So I think I, I left for India and I came back and then I knew I was going to go to med school, but then this project was was in gear. And I, so I think it was a whole nother year of that project. And then I took some biochem classes and I applied to med school and I didn't get in that first round, which in retrospect, like I understand why, Mm -hmm. um, because I think my, my, my personal statement was mostly about art. So obviously that was stupid. Um, and then, and then the next year, I wrote a, a reasonable one, and, and then went to Dallas. Okay, so you you came back from India, then like after India, like how long 
to take you guys to put that together and like actually like to a completion? I think it was another year almost. So it was like, a, and were you was there like a lot of work that year? Was it like, was it a yeah. hard year? Yeah. No. Oh my God. Yeah. It was a ton of work. Like I, I'm, I think there was, I think there was three days in a row where I slept in the office, like trying to get stuff done. Um, especially right before we like shipped out the first bunch of boxes to to Sweden. So, oh yeah, I remember that. So, this exhibition take, took place in Sweden first, then there was one in New York afterwards too, right? Yeah, it went up in London and then New York and then I think Minneapolis, weirdly. Um, Both of the same thing, like the same stuff that you had put together, they just moved all that stuff to different places? So it was the same guts, but, you know, in each space, it would be different, you know, because those solenoid things would be striking whatever the things inside the building were, right? So mm. each place would would be different. Um, right. The flutes, the flutes themselves were, you know, the same, but um, I mean, I think unless they changed them, um, and uh, uh, yeah, and it's like the you know the flutes and the motors would all be definitely make different sounds in the in the in each particular space, but. Yeah, it's kind of I, you know, I've, I've listened to I've listened to recordings at multiple places, and they uh-huh. the flutes sound fairly similar everywhere. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that's you know really 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 cool thing you know the entire project and designing it. I really probably could ask you a ton more questions on that, but so like you went to, so it's kind of interesting to me like. What happened in India that made you decide, like, I want to go to medical school? One, it's like, one question. Yeah, let me just ask you that question first. Like, like, why did you make well, so it? Well, so I went, and I was only supposed to be there for, like, a week or two. And both of my grandparents were sick. And so we were in and out of hospitals a lot. And remember realizing that, you know, despite no lack of intelligence or desire it was it was a function of lack of resources that made care different there mm-hmm. um and you know had a lot of time like sitting around waiting in the hospitals for for self reflection and realized that my life was really self centered and hedonistic and that you know, I, for whatever reason, have had, have a certain aptitude when it comes to science and, and felt like because of that, I was beholden to it, to do something with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. So I understand that. I think that's, there must have been like, quite a revelation in a way though, right? I mean Yeah, I I mean it sounds like it's saying but, it out loud, but I feel like I feel like it was more more organic. I think I also was fairly not I mean, for lack of a better term, disillusioned with what 
I was seeing as far as, you know, what, who were the people in the art scene and what artists were thinking and that it wasn't, it wasn't like beautiful thinkers ex- expressing timeless, meaningful ideas. It was, you know, a bunch of people getting fucked up and kind of having sophomoric ideas that it seemed like critics were laying meaning on that actually wasn't there. Mm. But, you know, this is, I you know who, who the hell knows? I was 20, whatever. Well, I'm sure, like, in this, I'm sure there's a lot of that happening in life. And just like in every field, there's people who do things, even in my field, like, who you you respect because it's kind of pure, right? And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who do it, and you're just like, they just self-aggrandizing themselves and it's all bullshit. It's it's kind of like part of it that you kind of hate. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, but you know this project that you're doing is you know you're you're in a place right where I feel like if I was in your place where if you had wanted to go forward with being an artist or working I mean you're working with like one of the most well known people in, in the creative environment and if you had wanted to go forward in that arena, I think you would have definitely a, a good footing to go forward with, right? And yeah, yeah, I think that. so. And uh, you, I mean, and you're definitely, you know, you have the smarts and everything to have likely been successful in like that sort of endeavor. And yeah, I think, so, I mean, I still, I think about it sometimes. As a regret or... Well, I mean, well, not 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 as a regret as much of a, like a you know what could have been. I you know some of I mean I've, I've kind of lost track with a lot of uh, a lot of the people from from obviously, but um, yeah, there were people that were making their way that in art you know as a primary source of income that. You know, I felt like I, I, I could have been in their spot easily. Mm-hmm. Is so. that something you wish, I mean, it's like, like an envious thing or? No, I, I mean, I think, I, like I said, it's not like, I think it's more of a like, oh, what what could have been, I wonder what, I wonder what that would have ended up like. Not in a, yeah. not in a hard, hard regret kind of way. Just a kind of curiosity sort of way. Yeah. But even though, like, I mean, does, but did you feel that in the moment? Did you re- were you aware of that? Like, you're like, I could go to medical school now, and that's the job you did. And at the same time, you were like having this like pretty amazing opportunity to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my parents were never really happy or saw it as anything. So there, there. Uh, I, I, I feel like being in New York definitely my relationship with my parents suffered from it. Those mm. so are pretty like hard four and a half years in that in that in that sense. No, it wasn't hard. 
in that sense, like, because I don't think I actually thought about it that much. But that was one of the other realizations was, like, I didn't fucking really talk to my family or spend much time with them. That must have been hard. I mean, hmm? I mean, knowing, well, you're pretty close to your family, and they're not, like... I mean, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so and then so that like wrapped up after like that year and then it was another year before you went like that project completed, right? And then yeah. how long after that project completed did you like go to like the gap between that and medical school is what? Well, no, so then I I, I took classes at a like at, so by the time I decided I wanted to go to med school the rec, the requirements had changed and uh you needed to have biochemistry and so I signed up at CUNY and like the first day of class I was like hey can I just can you just give me all the tests now um or like after the first te- I took the first test and it was like I I like it. I just read the chapter and I got a hundred on the on the test. And so I went up. I went to up to him after and I was like, "Hey, like, is there any way like I could just take all of the tests right now?" Um, or like, you know. And he laughed at me, <laughs> and uh, uh, and he was like, "No." And, uh, and and he was like, "Why do you want to do this?" I was like, "Oh, well, you know, I've decided I want to go to med school." And so he and so he offered me a like a position at his lab. Um, yeah. And so I worked at his lab for a year. What? It's so random. So yeah. like, so but for working at his lab, did you not have to take the class? No, no, I took it. I still took the class. Okay, so this, so so at this point, is at this point when you take this biochem class, you you're not working with David Byrne anymore, right? No, no, I've stopped working with David. I think. So why did you stop working with him? Well, because that project finished. And I was like, oh, I'm, well, now I'm I'm gonna go to med school. I need to take this class. And okay. And if you'd wanted to keep on working there, was, was there anything there for you, or is that something you kind of had to leave anyway? I think I I mean that that project was done. There wasn't I wasn't a partner with David. I like was an you know he hired me to do a project. Um, yeah. So. And before moving forward, I'm just kind of also says like, was he? How was it to like interact with him? He's a nice guy. I mean, he's been famous his entire life, so he's he's an odd duck. Um, I remember like, I I, I wouldn't say like I got into arguments with him, but like when I was like doing the project and, um. Like, at one point, he, like, did a budget without me and, like, forgot, literally did not put a single dollar in the budget towards labor. Like, that this thing would just magically produce itself. Right. Um, and that was obviously the highest cost. Um, so, it's stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're free, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Would you say it was, like, a positive, like, you liked working with them? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a cool guy. And then, like, I remember, like, 
when we were so my my girlfriend at the time came to, to came to the opening in Stockholm, and like he was he made it like his mission to make sure that she had a bicycle so she could like go around town and like see stuff. That's nice. So, I mean, he's a nice guy. And then like when he, when I had, uh, when I was in residency in Nashville, like he came through and I emailed him and he was like, Oh yeah. He's like, I was, you know, uh, he like set out tickets for me and I went backstage after the show and oh, actually really cool. he went to bed. He went to bed pretty early. So I actually just hung out with uh, his fans. That's really nice. You know? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's really nice. He maintains the relationships after the fact. You know, so. Mm-hmm. So after that, you like take this class, and then like, were you needing a job? Is that why like you decided to work in a lab? But what was like the positive thing about for you about you still having to take this class? So you can't take all the tests at one time, but then like, why? Well, no, I mean, like, class? well, because I, because I. I needed stuff on, like, I thought I needed stuff on my CV for, to get into med school. Okay, I got like, it. So in a way, like, you I, got it. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not a good person to interview because my memory is shit. I think what happened is, like, right when I got back, I applied to med school and didn't get in and then realized, like, I didn't even have the, all the prereqs and, like, I hadn't been in school in forever, so... Like, I needed to do more stuff to, like, make myself a more attractive candidate. Yeah. And so, like, okay, I get it. And then did you like working? What did you know? Was that a cool experience? Like, what did you do? It was. We were trying to we were trying to get the crystalline structure of a membrane protein that we – that was thought to be – um responsible for making like the amyloid beta plaques in in alzheimer's Mm. and so i was just trying to like derive a protocol to isolate this protein so where are you guys getting the were you guys working off of tissue like where are you getting like where are you isolating it from? Yeah, we had I can't I don't actually know where we got the actual cells, but we had cells and so I would it was like a, a week long protocol um of growing the cells and then lysing them and then running them through graph chromatography and then doing all this shit and then finally ending up in a western blot. And you would, you know, so the, like, like center, like, centrifuge, and then uh, like have to centrifuge them down. And um, since it was a, you know, since it was a membrane protein, it's really fucking annoying because you've got a, uh, you know, it's not, they're not completely lipid and they're not completely aqueous, right? It's like actually hard to isolate those proteins. Um, <clears throat> so. Did that for a while. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if learn, cool is the right word, but huh? Yeah, I, mean, so I don't know. If cool. I don't know. I mean, cool. I mean, I, what did you not think it was cool at the time, or like, or what did you? No, no, you know? I, 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 no, no, I definitely thought it was interesting. Like, um, would did you understand gas chromatography and all that stuff? Like, or was that? 
any learning curve in that sense? No, no, it was, de- it was definitely a learning curve. Definitely a learning curve. So in a way, that's kind of like organic chemistry, right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, uh, it, no, it, it was it was it was biochemistry. <laughs> that's cool. So, so that was a year. And like, how what was your work schedule like then? Like, was it were you pretty busy at this, or you, you had like uh, I was were you getting, I was were you there. Paid? Yeah, I was getting paid. It was Monday to Friday, like every day. Uh huh. You know, nine to five, kind of thing. And then um, that's good. And then after that class, and so uh, you were doing research there for a year, and then mm-hmm. where 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 is Cooney located? It was like a hundred and thirty ninth or something like that. In Manhattan. Yeah. It was like east side, west side. Uh, west side. So after that ended, like, what did you, what did you do after that? What do you mean? What did you go to, was there a gap between that and medical school? No, and then I went, then, then I went to Dallas. Oh, okay, you went to Dallas. And that was 2000 and what? Seven? Seven? Seven, yeah, 2007. Yeah. yeah. I think I was like two years into medical school at that point. Mm. Uh, correct. So, I think definitely we can go into medical school and stuff like that, but that'll probably be like a lot longer conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, you want to call it a call it a stop for now, and then we can pick it sure. up in the future. What do you think? Should we should we should we do a, a post a post post interview analysis? I don't think we do analysis. I mean, I I think I, what I think is that if really we wanted to, we could talk for 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 forever, really, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's so many like things you can go into. So, um, I was happy back on again in the future. <laughs> back back on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Abby has to rescue. <laughs> uh, you'll fo- you'll focus group this one and then and, and see if uh, see if your uh, advertisers like think, it. I don't think we, I don't think we had to analyze it, right? It, just, mm-hmm. it is what it is, right? Uh, well, no, but like just like anything else, it's a craft. Like you know, what could be better? How to make how to make things better? Blah blah blah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I think it's just um the more you do it the better you get, right? Mm-hmm. And um Yeah. Thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. And thank you, Kumra. Thanks for thanks for letting me be your thanks for letting me be your first guest. Yeah. Happy to have you as my first guest. And then I might actually have your help in who who is this who is this who is this our huh you just said uh, we're happy to have you as our first guest who is this our that you're talking about Did I say that obviously I'm tired yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
there's a secret person in the room watching me. <laughs> Creeping me out. All right. Uh, muscle personality mm-hmm. disorder. All right. <laughs> well, that would make things make sense. <laughs> I will never make sense to you. Do what? I said I will never make sense to you. So. Mm-hmm. But I actually can right. help and like. Yeah, I need to figure out how to like put up a website, or I don't even know how. I know I can record it, not to like actually put it up on to. To a thing where people could download it if they want to or listen to it, right? So mm-hmm. I may ask your help in doing that. Okay. No what problem. Do you have to go to work, what do you have to go to work tomorrow? I work overnight tomorrow, so I've, I've got the whole day to, like, do other stuff. Is that hard to transition from, like, just, like, sleeping then like, having to work all night? Yeah, but, you know, it's like anything else. You get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think like we've been talking for two hours, but like, yeah, I really like to like know about life as the ER doctor. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I forget for that. Like, it sounds interesting when you don't do it every day. Yeah. It's just kind of like work when you're doing it every day, the grind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rune. Um, All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.